welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy, and today's episode is a special interview with Melissa Perch, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview. One thing really quick before we get into the interview and I play that for you guys, I just want to let you know that I've had so many parents email me some interest for their teen to do the self-confidence class, but Saturdays just don't work for them. So what I would like to do is I would like to put together some group classes for teens to meet during the week. So if you are interested in doing a self-confidence group class with me during the week, go ahead and just what you can do is email me your days and your times that would work for you. I'm going to start to put together some group classes that can meet during the week, okay? My email is sammy at knowingup.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G-U-P dot com. Okay, so just send me the days and times that would work for you and I am going to try to start putting some groups together that meet during the week. Okay, you guys, let's get into this interview. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. I am excited to have Melissa Perch with us on the podcast today. She is the author of Beyond the Bell, Your Teacher's Lessons for Life After High School. And she is a high school teacher and has lots and lots of experience with teenagers and helping teens kind of reach their full potential and get through high school. And so I thought it would be fun to have her on today. Melissa, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about yourself. Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, you did a great job. I've been around teenagers. It feels like my whole entire life. I've been teaching high school English for over 20 years, and I specialize in really uh, high school seniors. I also am blessed to teach 10th grade as well. And I, in the past, I've always been a writer. And in the past couple of years, I just made this commitment that if I was going to push my seniors to go after their dreams and go after their biggest goals, that I wanted to do the same. And I've been trying to, to prove to myself and to my students that you can always achieve your goals if you stick to it and you are consistent. So that was the, the impetus for writing my book, Beyond the Bell, Your Teacher's Final Lessons for Life After High School. Okay. So you're like, this is kind of like, I imagine as your kids are graduating, you're like, here, here's this book. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and by the way, a couple things the curriculum didn't get to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, here's what I didn't actually teach you when you were in class with me, but in class with me, but this is what I want you to know. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of the stories that I do share in the book have been weaved into different lessons, especially during uh, my senior English classes. But this book um, really does take the time to flush those lessons out and also includes a lot of what I've learned from my students in teaching them over the, the past, gosh, two decades. Yeah. So what a lucky student to have you as a teacher. That's amazing. Really? I'm lucky. I have a, I, I'm lucky to work at a great place. I'm lucky to, I'm, I'm just lucky to have great students too. So it's, it's definitely mutual here. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So what kind of inspired you to, I know you gave us the impetus, but what kind of inspired you to write this book? You know, I have to be honest with you. I, it's a couple of, of different things. I have three boys at home, 10, seven, and three. And when I had my third son, I was home on maternity leave and I just started 
you know, kind of, you kind of reevaluate your life at different stages of your life. And I thought to myself, I have a dream career. I'm very blessed. I love what I do. I'm not one of these people that are trudging to work. I mean, even in this pandemic, it was challenging, but I still loved coming here and being with students. And I, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I have a, a great husband and I have these three beautiful boys. And the thing that kept kind of talking to me in my heart was this book. I always wanted to write a book. I always wanted to see something of mine published in Barnes and Nobles, in the library, since I was a little kid. And um, I would kind of dip and dive back and forth into that world, writing. And I have a master's in creative writing. And I would send out poetry and short stories every once in a while to publishers. But I never really committed to it because I allowed other things to get in my way, like my job, my career. Um, my kids, my husband, you know, life. And I just made this commitment. It was in 2019. I had this special group of seniors who I just connected with and they had all these different dreams and goals. And I just, I started to teach them uh, motivational speaking in my public speaking class. And it just felt like a comfortable fit for me, giving them advice, cheering them on, teaching them things that I learned in my life that I knew would help them. And one night I sat down and I, I literally started uh, typing the first chapter of my book with my thumbs on my smartphone while one of my sons was struggling to fall asleep. I was, you know, sitting in his room in the dark with the light of my phone. And I just started to write the first chapter, which is lesson one, welcome fear. And how a lot of times we stop ourselves from going for it because the outcome could be failure or the outcome could be, um, you know, admitting that maybe we, we can't achieve our goals. So if you don't welcome that fear, you'll never know. And that, that's really how the book got started. And then I never wrote so fast and with such clear direction in my life. Um, so yeah, I just, I think it just suddenly it, it just washed over me that this was, this was the one, this was the book that had to get out into the world. Yeah. Amazing. And so this not only is to help teenage teenagers, high school seniors, but this is a dream of yours, which I yeah. think is, is oh, like my biggest dream. double amazing because here you are helping, but you're also, you know, reaching one of your goals and one of your dreams at the same time. Yeah. And, and you know, my students, like I said, they have been, I, honestly, I don't think I could have written a word of this book without them. They have been such cheerleaders and so supportive and also you know, they, I learn from them every single day too. So as I'm teaching them, they're teaching me, which has fueled the book. And yeah. um, it's a funny relationship when you're a teacher, because kids will sometimes tell you things they won't tell their parents or their aunts because you're just a safe space. So that's how I've learned so much about them. And I think really has, has helped me to write this book. Cause I, I do feel like I know the inner working of the teenager and yeah. um and the stress and all the, the pressure and the things that it's easy to forget once you yourself graduate high school. Right. Yeah. And I guess I can relate to that a little bit because, well, actually I can relate to it a lot because anytime I'm working with a teen, I just feel honored when they mm -hmm. let me inside their brain and they let me know what's going on with them. And I learn from them and I learn how to help other people because they're letting me know they're like, Inner, the inner deep workings of their brains and how they're thinking. And, um, it's, it's very vulnerable almost to a teen and just that they trust me enough to be able to share those things with me. 
Absolutely. And I think um, it's funny because I think their vulnerability has helped me write this book too, because I reveal things in this book that I years ago would have never admitted, you know, about heartbreak or about failures in my own teaching or in my relationships. And, you know, my students get up here some days, they read essays to the class and reveal things about themselves. I'm like, this is where, this is where the gold is. This is where the magic is in people and making connections. And this is especially now what people need more than ever. Okay. So there is 12, there's 12 lessons in your book, right? Okay. And so I kind of went through them and I love every single one of them, (laughs) but I just wanted to kind of highlight a few of them today, just so the listeners can get a little feel for what's in the book, what's being taught, what are the stories being told by you? And I have some favorites. Okay. So the first one was like taking a hit. All right. So, so let's kind of, I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about what you mean by taking a hit and why it's so important. Yeah. So early on, first of all, I think that we as people just do amazing things when we have been knocked down and we have been told that we can't or that the rug is ripped out from underneath us. I think all of a sudden that is where we grow. That is where we accept change and find where we're really meant to be sometimes. So that chapter addresses the different times in our lives where in our road to adulthood, we are met with sometimes what feels like tragic disappointment and um, not making the team, for example, um, failing the test, failing the course, you know, things like that. In that particular chapter, one of the stories that I tell is after working um, for one year in my first teaching job, I was laid off that June. And I remember being you know, fresh out of college, so excited to start my career. And then my dream job in what I thought was my dream school with my dream principal, you know, suddenly, you know, I was told, no, you can no longer work here and it's out of our control and we'd love to have you, but the money and the the position is no longer, you know, here. And it felt like I was totally um, caught off guard by what to do next, because what do you do when when your dream job is is taken from you. And I all of a sudden found myself in a position where I had to get back out there and start all over again, you know? So that's what that chapter is all about. And ultimately that was a blessing in disguise because it led me to where I was truly meant to be in a better job with a better school district, Um, just very different school district. I shouldn't say, say better and just really led me, I think, to where I am now. So yeah, that chapter is all about being resilient and, and welcoming that, that, unfortunate change sometimes. Yeah. And I know it's hard at the beginning to be like, oh, this is probably best for me. Like, right. This, this is going to be good for me down the road. <laughs> yeah. No, in the moment it, it's terrible and it's okay to feel that too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I've had lots of experiences like that where I'm like in the moment, I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> right. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you for that happening in my life. Right. right? right. But it, it's hard to have that perspective unless you've gone through quite a few things like that, where you're like, right. it usually works out for the better Sure. in the end. Okay. So I love this one too, where you talk about getting your heart broken, because I just remember growing up and being a teen and getting my heart broken for the first time. And then the second time and the third time. <laughs> and, oh, I was just like, I've never felt this feeling before. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is this? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, I think that a lot of the things that kids go through, teenagers go through, it's super easy as when you're an adult to kind of giggle at those things and, and blow them off. And especially when you're a parent, I think a parent, I think the the natural reaction as a parent, when you watch your child or your teen go through something like that is to kind of blow it off or say, oh, you'll be fine. And almost um, not validate really how painful that heartbreak can be. So the chapter is about that. It also addresses sometimes the first heartbreak a lot of my students and I think teenagers go through is sometimes not their own heartbreak. It's the heartbreak of their parents. And it's being in a sometimes a home where the parents are divorced and you as the teen have to deal with, well, wait a second, these are two people I love that are now choosing not to love each other anymore the way that I think love should be. And trying to figure out now what is what is love? What does that mean for me as I grow up? So it addresses a little bit of getting our hearts broken by sometimes our parents um, and then our own heartbreak, not only as teens, but even as young adults, when we think it's the one and um, we date the person sometimes who we date because they make us feel good or they make us, they're almost like an extension of us and they give us the self-esteem that maybe we're lacking at that tricky uh, part of our coming to age. And yeah, the chapter, I think I have to tell you, it's one of the most vulnerable chapters I wrote because I, I do write a lot about my own personal heartbreak and some of what happened in the wake of that heartbreak, which for a lot of teenagers too, um, is their first unfortunate um, bouts of depression or of anxiety. And then there's a whole nother layer of issues that have to be dealt with. So that is something that I have have dealt with. Yeah. And I think it's also important that is like, you cannot always control the heartbreak. Like you can be doing everything right in your life and heartbreaks, they still happen. Exactly. And I think that that's what is another important part of this concept, because you don't know that till you know it, you don't know until you go through it. And it's almost something that is essential to get you to the love that you are meant to have and that the love that you can truly be grateful for and show up for. So it's a, it's a vulnerable chapter. It's a personal chapter. And I think my students um, have really informed me a lot in this chapter too, because when I first wrote this chapter, it wasn't about being a child and seeing heartbreak around and, and I realized by speaking to seniors and how many of them wanted to write about being in a divorced home or having to go to two houses growing up and how that really shaped them. I realized that, you know what, that is the first heartbreak for so many kids that is, is, is that teaches them, teaches them to love. For a lot of, for a lot of teens, that is one of the first heartbreaks or even young, younger kids. That's one of the first heartbreaks they go through and they really don't quite know what is this? How do I handle yeah. it? Like what's going on? Right. right. It's huge. I mean, and all of a sudden you're also forced to realize that, wait a second, my parents aren't perfect. They're, they have flaws. There's, there's a reason here to maybe not want to be just like them. It's interesting. It really is to, to learn from my students about all the things that they go through in, in those moments. Okay. So the other one, which is kind of like, I liked this one next to gaining your heart broken was the moving on, which is the part that 
all of us really just want to rush into and get Uh, into so we don't have to feel the heartbreak. It's like, okay, heartbreak's over. Let's move on. But, (laughs) but I wanted to know kind of your thoughts on moving on and, and, and how to do that from almost like a clean place. Yeah. So, and that's the funny thing about this chapter is the way that it, it wound up writing itself out was how you're right. We want to move on. Let's jump back into the dating world. Let's jump back into being whole. Let's, let's, you know, get what we deserve out there when it comes to love and relationships. But unfortunately, most of us try to go that route and then realize that, oh, wait a minute, we never healed (laughs) or we didn't fix our role in the heartbreak because, you know, it does take two to tango, even though it's easy to blame the other person when our heart is broken. And the chapter move on is really just a series of stories that were just the wrong attempt to move on. And it's unfortunately what most of us do. (laughs) We, we want to, because we want to, you know, it's, who wants to be feeling bad? We do what we can to try to find what we really want. But in that we repeat the same mistakes. We repeat those same patterns. And that's what the chapter is about. It's about realizing that, huh, I don't know that I am actually ready. And sometimes it's, it's okay. And it's okay to press pause and to stop and then reevaluate how you want to move on and what truly it is that um, is, is working and not working in whatever situation that you're, you're trying to get to get yourself to what's your goal and what is, what's your role in getting there? It just reminds me when I was in college, I dated this guy for a little under a year and I, you know, we were getting married. Like he was the one I adored him. I was so in love with him. And then like, he broke up with me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we all date that every one of us dates that guy or that girl. And I, I think it's just part of it. And then you're, you're just so blindsided because you're like, wait a minute, I had, I, I'm getting married. What are you doing? Right. Yeah, like <laughs> I've planned my whole life around you. And so instead of like feeling the pain and the heartbreak and just how miserable I was, I was so heartbroken. I like texted all my friends. I'm like, I'm single, set me up. <laughs> well, and, and then- that's, that's what this chapter, I have to tell you, <laughs> the chapter throws spaghetti. And that is exactly what happens in, in most heartbreaks is that everybody has the perfect guy or girl for you. And you're like, that feels good. That feels comfortable. I'm going to jump into that. And, and then you start questioning. <laughs> There's actually a part where I'm like, I think my friends hated me at that point. Like, why are you fixing me up with these people? Right. And you're on these terrible dates wondering how you got there, but it was, you know, it's just a frantic um, run to the next thing. And that is, is not the way to date. It's not the way to make friends. It's just not the way to, to get into a healthy relationship. And unfortunately, um, when you're in that desperate space and that painful space, you'll, you'll try anything, right? I mean, we'll, we try anything to get out of it. Yeah. Well, we, we really want to not feel the pain. (laughs) It's terrible. It's terrible. Absolutely. You want to feel like you, you did, you want to re recover from it as quickly as possible. But I do think that there is a necessary process in heartbreak that serves you well when you get through it. Oh yeah. yeah, totally. Well, and I can look at my husband now and I'm like, I am so thankful for my husband now. Like, oh, thank, right. and, yeah, thank but you don't you. know, until you, know. you don't know till you know, <laughs> no, you don't, you know, and heartbreak is such a necessary process of that where like, after I was trying to date all those guys, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this isn't, this is not helping me heal. And then eventually, like, eventually I found my husband, but it was a process and you know, it takes time. Yeah. 
It takes time. It takes also shedding, I think, those images of what we thought it was going to be and what we thought it looked like. Because when you build, and I, I, I compare this in my book to even colleges, when, when kids are applying to colleges, what happens is we start to, once we start to think, oh, we found it or jobs, right? We think we found the job and we go on the interview or we go, we fill out the college application and we date the guy. And then our mind kind of takes over. And what happens is we start to get really comfortable in that place that we believe is meant for us. And it gets harder and harder to let go of um, because it feels like, oh, well, wait a minute. I had this all mapped out. You know, I, I, this was for me, but what I often tell my students is if the college rejects you, that was not your college. If the guy or the girl breaks up with you, that was not your person. And it's the right thing, even though it might be um, painful in the moment. And, and the same thing, like kids will come back and say, oh my gosh, I, I applied for my dream job. And I tell them, slow down. It's not your dream job unless that dream job is so excited to have you too. Yeah. You know, it should be mutual. It should be a place where you're safe, you're excited, you're you're challenged all at once, and that you really do start to spread your wings in a place where you can be vulnerable and jump in and and land where you're meant to be. Yeah. I love how you said that. And I just want to reiterate it in a different way is like, it's not your dream guy, unless that dream guy is excited to have you too. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, it's not your dream car. If you can't afford it, like that, then that's just, that's a bad choice, right? It's a bad choice and, or it's not the choice for you. And, um, you might, you might revisit it. You and later down the road, who knows where life can lead you. But in this moment here, we have to acknowledge what is working and what's, what's good for us and what's going to get us into that next space into our next. Awesome. Okay. This is, this is the last one I'll kind of have you touch on, but I, man, there are just so many good lessons. I'm like, <laughs> what, are, what am I going to have her talk about today? But the last one is being brave that was another one that kind of hit home to me. It was like, Oh, this is so good. So tell us a little bit about that lesson. First of all, I think that we, I think a lot of times we look at the word brave, right. And, you know, this is going to be your hero. This is going to be the person that swoops in, save the day. And, and I, in teaching, I've learned that teenagers and just people in general can have these moments of being brave every single day in every single interaction that um, they have. And for me in my classroom, I have witnessed things that I just sometimes can't even believe that kids are able to do. And what I wanted this chapter to really focus on is how capable we really are as people when we are pushed and when we feel like we are going to be in a place where um, we are going to be accepted and we can truly feel vulnerable and, and taking those chances. And it really came from, again, it came from my students. I assigned, I assigned a lesson um, that is called this, I believe, and it comes from a, an old, um, it was actually an NPR um, writing assignment it was on their website. And it was about stating your belief in a concise way and telling stories that kind of fueled your belief. And one of my colleagues said, if we should do this with the kids. 
So I did it. And then because it was on the radio, I said, it would be cool for us to read them out loud. You know, let's, let's do it. Like we, we listen to a lot of them. Let's, let's pretend we're going to do this. And I said, we're, you know, we're going to get up there and you're going to read these. And one by one, these kids got up there and told stories that I just couldn't believe how vulnerable they were. I mean, one student stood up there and said, I believe with, I'll never forget it. It's in my book with, with, um, the bad comes good. And then she proceeded to talk about being a young child and cutting herself because she just struggled to feel anything. And out of that, she, she was able to conquer what was going on with her in terms of depression and anxiety and sharing what she was doing with friends and family and then coming out of that and how it was such a terrible time for her, but she found her way out of it. And I remember sitting in my classroom trying to hold back tears and, and you could hear a pin drop in here because everybody was just shocked at number one, the fact that she's telling these very personal stories to an entire room, but number two, that she was comfortable enough and brave enough to say that I'm human. I went through this and I've learned from it. And and, you know, it's funny, it's, I always, I also say in my book that when there's, when one stands up, many can stand up. And then it created this over the years, that's created this um, flood of kids standing up there and being so vulnerable and brave that they actually looked forward to revealing these innermost um, secrets about themselves and how it led them to, to great beliefs. It's really incredible. And I've seen kids, you know, I call them buzzer beater moments. Like I, I, those moments sometimes for kids are the moments where, you know, they're not going to make the winning shot in a state championship game, maybe, but that for those kids, like I, and I keep in touch with a lot of them through social media. They'll tell me, I mean, some of these kids are in their twenties, their thirties. And they'll say to me, I still remember that moment because for them, it was this brave kind of shedding of what they were being weighed down by in their, um, in their teenage years. And I think that's the key to all of us um, being lighter, being more vulnerable and really making deeper connections with people is just be brave, put it out there. And, and nine out of 10 times, <laughs> I'll see the other kids shaking their heads like, yep, I've been there. Yep. That sounds familiar. Um, just recently I had another girl stand up and talk about that she believes uh, mental health should be a priority and an acceptable reason to be absent from schools. And she, you know, again, told stories about she hadn't been in class in a week. And she's like, and that's why I haven't been here. And the kids in my room just accepted that so beautifully. And each of one of them was like, I wish that I would have to take one of those days too. I've struggled too. And, and all of a sudden we close the gaps between people in here. We've closed the gaps. And, um, man, if we could all be brave on a daily basis when given the opportunity, we would have a much better, a much better space everywhere we go, right? Everywhere. So that's what that chapter is about. And um, again, <laughs> that is a chapter that they really wrote. I mean, I, I think they just, I was their vehicle, but I know these kids wrote that chapter because they taught me so much about you know, putting myself out there. And that's why I'll tell you, I went back to that chapter about heartbreak and talked about my own bout of, with depression and anxiety and my own need to see a counselor because I was like, you know what? What's most important is that they see 
the writer of this book being as vulnerable as they should be as they carry themselves through their lives in their next chapters. And I just, I think that we don't, we don't give ourselves enough credit that we can be brave. Hmm. Like, I think that's with a lot of the teams that I work with is they just totally discount that right off the bat where they think that they're not able to do that, where it's like, no, you do so many things already every single day that are brave. You can do this, right? Like you, you have the ability to be brave. Right. And, it, and, you know, they will, they'll say, oh, you know, no big deal. I'm like, no, it is a big deal. You got up, you came to school, you did all your work. You, you know, I'll tell my seniors, like, not everybody graduates high school. Like you just say like, oh, well, you know, no, not everybody gets to do that. And um, I think that when we have those wins, acknowledging them and building upon them, that's when we really see the magic. Cause then all of a sudden we start to believe in our capability and then the sky becomes the limit. Very cool. <laughs> Tell us where we can find your book and how to get it and all those kind of things. Yeah. So my book, again, I'm so excited. I published with G&D Media, which is an amazing publisher. I'm so blessed that they took a chance on me. Um, I, You can find the book. It should be in pre-sale soon, and it will be out everywhere this coming fall. Um, and it will be on their website, GND Media. You can also find it at, um, at on Amazon, uh, melissaperch.com. And for updates, uh, you can follow me um, on Instagram at perchgetspublished. Uh, I made that handle up years ago when I said, I'm going to do this. And I declare that to the world, mostly to my students, because I knew I wouldn't let them down. And um, they were like, what is this Instagram handle? I was like, I'm going to prove to you that I can do what I'm making you do. And um, so, yeah, you could find me there and get all the, the updates on my book and all the crazy shenanigans that I do in class with my students too. Yeah. And then we'll put all that in the show notes too. Great. All right. Thanks so much for being here today and kind of sharing your experience and your thoughts and such great wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for what you're doing. Cause I think all these different outlets for teenagers is, is really what a blessing, right? I wish I had half of this stuff when I was growing up. Oh gosh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the reasons why I'm like, I wish I had me when I was growing up. So that like propels me to do what I do because I absolutely just, like, yeah, I, I think things would have been so there would be so much less hurting that I caused myself. If, you know, I had some, at least like a 10th of the knowledge that I have now. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, I hope that's what your podcast, my book, all these things will do for kids because man, they could use it more now than ever. Yeah, for sure. I 100% agree.